Welcome to Mike's Take, an informed and opinionated view of the world of sport. Hi guys and welcome to yet another edition of Mike's Take and today we are talking match fixing in local football. If you're a follower of Zimbabwean football, you'll know that scandal and controversy have never been too far from local footy. Asia Gate and Limpopo Gate are terms we've become familiar with over the last decade as Zimbabwe football's moral rectitude went due south on the moral campus. Scandals on the international stage involving some of our best known and most loved football personalities a recap games were fixed in the far east and the reputation of our national team the warriors was soiled was started off with almost comical deception with local club side monomotapa they are now defunct well they went to the far east masquerading as the national team in a friendly versus malaysia and it soon of course took a more sinister turn with more friendly matches organized in asia and more matches fixed and of course in more recent times we've had limpopo gate now the global match fixing industry it is estimated it has a value of well over a trillion dollars and I think Zimbabwe was perhaps naive in thinking that it would never come knocking on our door and I think that naivety was so ruthlessly exploited by notorious global match fixer Wilson Raj Perimal. So was I surprised at the back end of season 2019 in the Kansalaga Premier Soccer League when I heard that Herentals College Football Club was being accused of fixing their match? versus black rhinos a big fat no not in the least bit surprised because match fixing has lived with us in zimbabwe for a while now we've grown up hearing stories of it from schoolboy competitions the lower leagues that's division one and two as well as the previous soccer league we've become masters in zimbabwe it's sticking our heads in the sand and pretending that nothing is happening We've turned a blind eye to a problem of pandemic proportions. Referees on the take, players and coaches compromised, club officials and administrators handing out khaki envelopes. Now, Herentals and their official Oliver Chirenga, they were found guilty of contravening Order 31.1.3 of the Castle Lager Premier Soccer League rules and regulations, which I'm just going to try and paraphrase here, which makes it an offence on the part of a club where its players, officials, servant or duly authorised, that's expressed or implied, representatives, give, offer or promise, whether directly or indirectly, any inducement reward or bribe of whatsoever nature to anybody whatsoever. The judgment that came down from the Premier Soccer League, Chirenga was fined $20,000 and banned from any football related activities for 10 years. Herentos College Football Club, they were fined $300,000 and forfeited the three points gained from their 3-0 win over Black Rhinos. The net result of which was that Herentos are relegated from the Castle Lager Premier Soccer League having survived relegation by a single point. Herentos have subsequently filed an appeal against this judgment. Now the whole, whole saga raises so many questions. The first one, how many other teams could have been compromised by Herentos during their fight for survival? Another one, how many other teams were and are involved in match fixing in our top flight, never mind the lower leagues? Another one, for how long has the match fixing been going on for? Are they match officials involved? Are there any administrators involved? 
And for me, there are other, even bigger questions. One could ask, why has there been a reluctance to tackle match-fixing and corruption in sport decisively? I ask that question because when I look at the punishments doled out by the Premier Soccer League and I think, listen, there's simply a slap on the wrist, very lenient in my book. What's $300,000 to Innocent Benza and his education empire? That's chump change. What message does a mere three-point deduction send to would-be perpetrators or those already in the match-fixing game? What was needed was a punishment that struck a definitive blow against match-fixing and one that set an example. Internationally, I think we have the examples of Olympic Marseille in France's Ligue 1 in the early 1990s, where punishments went as far as prison sentences. Yes, prison sentences, relegation, forfeiture of their league title, all resulting in financial repercussions that I think Marseille still have not recovered from up to now. Let's go to Italy. Juventus was stripped off silverware and had the double whammy of relegation and a massive points deduction, meaning that when they were relegated into Serie B, they had to start with a points deficit. The investigation was also so thorough that it ended up dragging in Lazio and Fiorentina into the saga, as well as a number of match officials. Notably, Massimo Di Santis, who was supposed to be, I think, Italy's uh, representative at the 2000 World Cup, uh, 2006 World Cup, which was hosted in Germany, but he had to be withdrawn after he was implicated in the match-fixing saga. So, another question that begs asking is, how thorough was the PSL's investigation and how extensive was it? Because if you speak to people who have been in the game long enough, They'll tell you that matches have been getting fixed from time immemorial and many of the perpetrators have gotten away with it. In fact, some are actually still in the game. And when you take a look at this entire situation, sadly, the biggest loser in all this is the fan. How can we trust that what we are watching is real? When we go to the stadiums, to Mandava, to Barberfields, to Rufaro Stadium, to Sakuva, to Vengere, how can we trust that the product that we are seeing on show is actually real? Are we paying to watch matches whose results and outcomes have already been decided? Are we investing our time, resources and emotions to players, teams and competitions that lack integrity? I think the PSL and Zifa should have handed down punishments that would have shaken the very foundation of match-fixing in Zimbabwe league football and acted as a deterrent. As it stands, one gets the feeling that the only message that has been passed is don't get caught. That's my take. Mike's Take Don't forget, you can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Madoda or catch him every weekday on ZFM Sport.